This episode is brought to you by the following sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Trevon Sellers Design Studios. Check out TrevonSellers.com for all your branding needs, logo, and website designs, and step your brand up. What's good? I'm Zay Moore. And I'm Juma. And, and this, this is, is the Zay, Zay Something, Something Podcast. Podcast. The podcast that promotes growth through conversation. So sit back and listen while we say something on the Zay Something Podcast. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back, listeners. This is episode 18. And we have a great episode uh, ahead of, ahead for you. Fuck, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. I am... We're not having an off day today. It's a very bad day today, man. You know what? We're going to keep it in there yeah. because everybody has off days sometimes. Yeah, we're going to grow with y'all. Y'all going to see our failures and we're going to keep... keep. we just growing. Shout out to the supporters. <laughs> Shout out to the conversationalists. Conversation Nation. We out here. And I just want to uh, shout out to my brother and sister. Thank you again for coming out and recording an episode with us. I felt like we had some deep conversation. Yes, and much needed. Um, In the black community, we do tend to stray away from mental health and toxic therapy and, you know, uh, the things, our ailments, the things that we, um, I use that right, right? Ailments? I actually don't know. Okay. That's a vocab word I'm not familiar with. All right, so we don't, we don't, uh, (laughs) If it's wrong, let me know. Shout us out if we yeah, say if we words incorrectly, if we're using them correctly. Help us Get out. Right, we're struggling right. today. <laughs> it's bad. But just, yeah, um, the things that we, we are, that we suffer from, we don't uh, publicize them. So it was a good episode to talk about mental health and For sure. stuff like that. I really appreciated it. Happy Black History Month. It's the last Woo-hoo. week of Black hey, History Month. Yeah. You know? And we have a guest who's not really a guest. The nigga live here. Um, our our uh, resident. Yes. Our resident co-host. Yeah, you know. <laughs> he has a residency, but like mm-hmm. like Vegas. Yo, I ain't gonna lie. He gets more love on this podcast than I do. And I, I'm, really? I'm upset with it. Yes, he does. He does. After the last episode, everybody was like, man, Maurice was so fucking funny. <laughs> Thank like, you. Man. I appreciate that. Thank you. That was, yeah, that that was the probably our most... Uh, commented on episode for sure. Yeah, I got a lot of people saying yeah. that that That's episode was pretty funny. Yeah. Which it was. It was. I did get some laughs out of it listening back. Yes, I was cracking up. <laughs> but um we're gonna jump straight into say let's say more. Um this is the icebreaker segment where we share as little or as much as we want on a random uh question or topic of conversation. This week I wanted to switch it up. Being it being that it's uh Black History Month, I just wanna ask y'all uh who are your favorite uh, black icons and why? You uh, start, babe. I mean, uh, I was gonna say I could start. Oh, you can start. Yeah, yeah I'll there start. Um, my favorite uh, black icon would have to be Thurgood Marshall. Um, I'm sure everybody is familiar with him. He was the first Supreme Supreme Court justice, first black Supreme Court justice. I told y'all, I'm struggling. Um, <laughs> but uh, and why? Because he his parents were slaves. He he came from very humble humble beginnings but he made something great of his life um and yeah i just that the trajectory of his life um is a testament to a hard work dedication and just i don't like i sorry i really don't i can't talk right now but (laughs) (laughs) um, just just being great and going for it so that's my favorite well i'll share mine mine are more like media current related um so mine is well i have two so i have one man um so i'll say mine is will smith is Mm. my first one Mm. as the male icon um and the reason why i pick will smith is because 
Uh, yes, he's a huge movie star, but I feel like he's very underrated when it comes to like people seeing him as like a really just positive black male figure. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved watching him grow up, like growing up, watching him on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, just growing up with him and like having that positive black male role model to mm -hmm. look up to. Definitely. So um, he's definitely one. And then uh, my second is Tracy Ellis Ross. Okay. Um, so if you don't know, she is the daughter of Diana Ross. Um, the reason why I love her is because she is um, a great black feminist as if people don't know she is currently on the show blackish um which i love her role on that but she also she does a lot of like public speaking just talking about being a black woman and her deciding not to have children and be like a single woman and not needing a man in her life and that's just her choice yeah. and you know creating a, a positive um you know, role model for other black women saying like you don't need a man yeah. or just to women in general, like you don't you don't have to have a spouse, you don't have to have children if you don't want to. No. So I really like her just for, you know, being that role model for women and young girls who can say, You don't really need a man. Like you don't have to follow the rules of society exactly. if you don't want to. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's true. Um <clears throat> I know I said I was going to be serious, and I am, <laughs> but I'm disappointed in both of y'all. How could y'all not mention Jaden Smith? <laughs> this nigga, I Jaden is an nigga. icon living. Yeah, right. Jaden is an icon. No, I'm joking. And this has been another episode of <laughs> We are canceling the show. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I had to do it. Um, but no, uh, in, in all seriousness, for me, without a doubt, the to me, the I tell people one of the greatest men to ever you know, to, to, yeah, yeah, one of the greatest men of all time, in my opinion, is none other than Malcolm X. Um, I am fascinated with his life, with his, uh, with his upbringing, with everything that he's been through, um, his journey, just learning and reading about how he was once Malcolm Little and the decisions and choices that he made to become an incarcerated, to just changing his life, uh, becoming a Muslim, then becoming Malcolm X, and then becoming El Haj, El Shabazz is just. Is just huge, or El Haj Malik Shabazz, excuse me. Um, so yeah, for me, I say Malcolm X just because I know a lot of people look at him as some sort of pro-black extremist and things like that. But at that time, during the civil rights movement, that was needed. Um, I know I've gotten into like debates with a lot of people that would say that Malcolm X was some was some racist and things like that. And I argue and I debate with them because I say he wasn't a racist. He just fought for his people, you know, and that was needed for us back then. And him and him and Martin Luther King Jr., I believe at the end of the day, they had the same end goal. They just went about it different ways. You know, mm -hmm. Martin was more nonviolent. Let's work together. And Malcolm was, no, nah, fuck that. We don't need them. We're going to do it our way. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I just truly loved and admired about him. And then after his pilgrimage to Mecca, he changed his views somewhat. And he said that he, you know, he spent time with the Muslims that had a lighter skin tone to him. He spent time with Muslims that have blonde hair and blue eyes. And years ago, when he was part of the Nation of Islam, he would have never have, you know, done things like that. He would never have considered that. Um, so for me, it's just, it's Malcolm. I love everything about him. Um, I love how he had a backbone, you know, by any means necessary. He was going to do what he had to do. And just growing up, and more and more that I learned and read about him, that's just something that I try to make myself be like, you know, so 
without yeah. a doubt, Malcolm, hands down for me. And I feel like there's always a need for a balance of like the extremist mm-hmm. and the the peaceful, yeah. um, you know, protester. So I feel like that was just one of his, yeah. you know, his views. Yeah, he, but there's a need for both. I feel like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, that was great. Um, I thank y'all for sharing. Yeah. Um, favorite icons um we're gonna move straight into the what they saying this is the segment where we update you on current events in the world and in the culture we keep an ear to the streets so y'all can know what they saying it's been a lot going on with <laughs> uh this month i really didn't want to talk about it um i know we talked a lot behind behind the scenes just personal conversations but about gucci and montclair we have Birdman. had so many conversations about this me yeah. and Maurice had another <clears throat> conversation <clears throat> about this yeah um, when was that? Just yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, I believe. We so, just yeah. talked about this again yesterday. It's this this whole thing. It's been pissing me off since the H and M thing. Granted, the H and M thing, I just think that was like the shirt could have stood, but putting it on a black boy as an advertisement was where they failed. That was on a white boy. Nobody would have had a problem with that. That's true. And black people probably still would have bought it. You know what I mean? And, but I think. Yeah, I have a bunch of... What do y'all think about it? I want to know what y'all think about just the entire situation. If y'all don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Gucci um, putting... The blackface. Yeah, the, the blackface. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Burberry? Who, no, the noose. Yeah, with the noose around the neck and Montclair with the blackface hoodie or uh It was a jacket. Yeah. No, no, Gucci had the Gucci had the blackface turtleneck. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And Montclair, they had a blackface. It almost looked like a button. Yeah. like Or not really a button, but like... Um, it's basically, it's literally blackface, like, um, circular round face on the jacket. Gotcha. And it's clear as day that it is blackface. I went and searched it and I was, again, pissed off. Yeah. Because I feel like what these brands are trying to do, they're trying to get attention by pissing people off and then going and apologizing for the mistake, and I'm using air quotes, um, for you know what they've done so that they can get that publicity, but then, and people are outraged, but they're getting their name out there. Like exactly. people know about it, exactly. and they don't stop talking about it for weeks on end. Mm-hmm. How much free publicity is that for Gucci, for Montclair, for oh, Burberry? I'm so happy you saying it, cause it, it's outrage advertisement. Literally, you you make it make this statement or you know this gesture, and then people are outraged by it, and then you double back and apologize for it when you knew damn right what you was doing in the first place, mm-hmm. and then. You know, we again we go on to talk about it for weeks, like, and that's the reason I did not want to talk about it on this podcast because I'm tired of that shit. I'm like, so tired of it. You, you get free pu- free publicity for for weeks, for weeks, months. Yes, this is, it's going to be a staple in 2019. People going to talk about this in the year end wrap up. And the and you know the black I mean? community is saying that they're going to be boycotting Gucci uh, for what three months, and then it's they're going to be right back and. You know, purchasing it and which is stupid. Yeah, I wish Ti didn't say that in <laughs> yeah. three months. Like yeah. he should have just said boycotting. We're boycotting yeah. until you show us the respect that we right. deserve. And so, what Gucci is saying that they're doing, they they've put into place 
um, basically how they're going to reform themselves and how they're going to correct their mistakes by implementing um, scholarship training. program and diversity training and all this Fuck. other stuff. Um, but what they haven't done is apologize to the black community directly mm -hmm. and say, here's what we're going to do for the black community to right these wrongs. Instead of always saying diversity and inclusion, you say directly to the black community, we are sorry that we messed up. Right. And we are, this is what we are going to do for the black community yes. to make it right. Yes. I mean, for me, my question is, how is any of this stuff even considered as fashion? Like, I don't understand how putting a black face on, on clothing is fashionable. Right. Or how a noose around a sweater is fashionable. You right. know, that's something that I just, I, I can't understand. And honestly, I don't want to hear an apology from none of them because it's like all of you, all of, man, when I say all of you, I mean the people that are, you know, behind these brands, all of them are adults. Mm -hmm. All of them know what they're doing. They right. know all exactly of, yeah. what they were doing. Yeah, so it's like all of them know the the meaning of blackface. All of them know the whole noose deal. I mean, with the noose, you're offending African Americans because, you know, we were lynched. And you're also uh, offending people that, you know, that, that have a family member or someone close to them that may have committed suicide that way, you know, by hanging themselves. Right. So to me, it's just it's pure ignorance, and like yeah. you said, they're doing it just for outrage. They're doing it for publicity. Exactly. But it's like, why? And it that's my thing is, why do you continually continuously do this when you know the history of blackface? Right. It's not a coincidence that white people keep putting out blackface. Mm -hmm. They have this weird obsession, obsession. Mm -hmm. with black people and wanting to know what it feels like to be black without actually being black. Deeper conversation. With, okay, this is gonna get into like plastic surgery and all of that stuff, but do you think that's a form of blackface? Black fishing is a form of blackface. Yes. Yeah. And that's what, that's what it's called when, when um, these women on Instagram, they make themselves look racially ambiguous, mm -hmm. they make the, their hair curly, they, they uh, puff up their lips with injections, they get butt implants so that they can look like black women but not be black. Mm -hmm. And so that they can basically get that clout from being a black person right. without the repercussions. Right. It's a bunch of Rachel Dolezal's walk, walking around. Basically, yeah. and they yeah. make money off of this. They yeah. make money off of our, our culture. culture. Our bodies, our, our aesthetic. And people wonder why I hate the Kardashians so much. Seriously. That's why, that's, that's Seriously. Exactly why I hate that entire family. You that's get why. you get ass shots, but your thighs don't even match. Like, But, you know, a, another thing that I want to say is, I hope that by all of this, you know, all of uh, these different types of controversy happening, I hope that now is someone waking up our, our black celebrities. And what I mean by that is, I feel like anytime you see a black celebrity, they feel like they need to be Gucci down from, from their head to their toe. They feel like they need to have on Montclair. They feel like they need to have on Fendi Prada and all these high fashions just to show that I got it. I made it. Look at all the money I got. But it's like, why is that? Yeah. Like, why are our black rappers giving these people free, free publicity when we know that these companies don't give a fuck about us and right. they've shown it numerous times? Yeah. So it's like, when, you, when we have one of our most prominent black rappers named Gucci Mane, when you have Soulja Boy with a Gucci tattoo, when you got the Migos talking about Versace, 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 Gucci, Versace, Burberry, Montclair, none of them are cutting y'all a check. Right. None Not of them are. Right. So it's like, so why? Right. And it's like, one thing that I never understood about a lot of us in the black community is, it's like, 
why can't we just wear some $25 jeans and a $15 shirt and be happy with yeah, that and make that fashionable? Yeah. Like me, I love fashion. I love to dress well, but I, I, I don't own a pair of jeans over uh, over 80 to to $100. I don't yeah. own no $200 belt. Right. For what? Because every fucking pair of jeans is doing the same thing for you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like it's you know, covering so... Covering up your ass. Right, like, right. Day, that's all it's doing. Right, pretty much. So... You know, it's like, I, this is something that I've always had a problem with. And I hope that now that, you know, it'll it'll start to wake us up. Yeah. But like you said, it's probably only going to last for about three months. Right. And then before you know it, you're going to see us going right back to wearing these brands again. Why do we're going to forget about it. Why do you think people, like, okay, I'm not going to ask a question. I'm going I'm to give my opinion. I think the reason that the black community specifically goes out and buys these products and want to, you know, want to spend a bunch of money is because we grow up without one and then we feel like there, there's a level of exclusivity in these brands. So once you reach a, a certain threshold of, of income, you're like, oh, I can afford this. I want to be in an in crowd. Like, why do we want to be in that crowd? Right. Why can't we right. make our own? Make our own. And that is my point. It's, why? Like, why? Art Meets Chaos. The, it's, 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 he's a black owner. This It's a, um, it's a, clothing brand specifically jeans dope ass jeans used to be prps Charlemagne has been promoting prps yeah, yeah, forever yeah, yeah. but then the, the manager i guess he started a new company it's art, art meets chaos same jeans but rebranded or whatever why can't we blow up those brands mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um what's, what's the other one i can't think of it right now but it's the my my guy versus my um yeah my enemies yeah 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 the sub dg envy yeah, yeah yeah all of those brands are black owned yeah. brands Dope ass, like I've been to the websites. They have dope ass stuff. Yeah. If we invested in those, those could be as big as and that's what we need to a do. Versace. Uh, you that's know what I mean? What because this is the thing: them brands they need our money. Yes, yes. They need us. Yes, but we don't need them. <laughs> so at it's all. like, yeah, we don't need them at all. Like I'm telling you, like the same way Chris Brown has Black Pyramid. Yes. Like. Let's go and support him. Like, let's put our money behind it. Like, yeah. we can do it. Yeah. We have the financial means as a community to do it. And and you want to know something else disturbing? The black dollar circulates for about six hours yes. in the black community. In the black community. Yeah. Six hours is how long our dollars and I believe, last and circulate within our own community. And I believe in, like, the Jewish and Asian community, it's like a couple weeks or it's, something like that. Yeah, a couple or, weeks or like six, to... Uh, even months. Yeah, it, it circulates very well with before it goes outside of their businesses. We six hours is crazy. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. And then when you got this clown ass dude Floyd Mayweather, yes, still Gucci so down to from head to that. toe. That nigga is irritating. Yeah, he's immature. Yeah. He's immature. He's ignorant. That shit is stupid. And you know what? The whole outrage um, advertisement, I think they use that to further divide the black community because then you have people like like Floyd and then you have people like us. And then we start fighting, fighting right, with Floyd. Now now Floyd is no longer part of the black community. We're going to trade him for... We're going to cancel him. Yeah, we're going to cancel Floyd. It's further division between us. That's yeah. true. Like, That's and that, true. that shit is so irritating. It's making the small group of... Like, we're a minority at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's making that even smaller. Mm-hmm. And we have no leg to stand on. We can't, you know what I mean? Right. It's it's, it's yeah. just like, it's it's hurtful because, I mean, Floyd is a black man. Floyd grew up in, in the fucking dirt. Like, yeah. he's from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I think he said it was like six of them sleeping in, sleeping in one room. Mm-hmm. Floyd comes from nothing, right? Humble beginnings. 
Now you make it. You're worth damn near half a billion. The black community loves you. We've right. backed you this entire time. The entire time. Yeah. He's he was. I mean, he's still one of my favorite boxers. Like I'm not gonna take that away from him. Right. But it's like now the only thing he flaunts and want to brag and talk about is his money, yeah. his cars, his houses, his jets, and this and that. Have you ever heard Floyd ever do anything for the black community? Never. 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 I've never once. Seeing Floyd talking about, I just donated 15K to to this charity in Michigan. Right. I never once heard Floyd mention what he did for the, for the water crisis in Flint, Michigan. Mm. And he's from Michigan. Right. Never once. Now, did he? He, he may have done something. He right. may have. But my thing is, the same way you're flaunting your seven cars and your five homes and your jets and this like how that. Much you spending yeah, how much you're spending in the strip club. Yeah, how much you're spending in the strip club. Show the positivity that you're doing for the community. Right. And by Floyd being an icon to a lot of people, if he did that, a lot of those kids will look at him and be like, I want to be just like him when I grow up. Yeah, exactly. You know, but he's not doing that. Now and then looking at I wanna be I wanna be draped in Gucci. Right, right. And you know, when when he's standing outside the Gucci show talking about, I'm about to go inside Gucci and spend my money. I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. Nobody right. tell me what I'm gonna do. Right. You sound like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, that's a slap in the face of us. So now you have these same white fashion designers saying, why the fuck should we care about y'all and y'all, y'all culture if y'all don't care about exactly. y'all? Exactly. Like, that's that's honestly how they're looking at us. When you got somebody like Kodak Black that's still draped in Gucci sound, I don't give a fuck. You know, he ignorant. He stupid as fuck. He yeah. ignorant. Yeah. So... It's this like, is also coming from the same dude that says that says he doesn't like black women. Right, right, yeah. So he, Kodak is yeah. all around a fucking clown. Yeah. So it's like, That's a fact. like my, my my thing is like it's just it's it's hurtful. Like it's it's seriously hurtful. Like I can't even be upset. I'm hurt. Yeah. Like I, I'm really hurt. And like how do how do these guys not understand how derogatory this stuff is to us? Yeah. Like they know this. Yeah. Floyd is in his fucking forties. Yeah. You know this shit. Yeah. That nigga, man. So, <clears throat> going back to the the cancel culture, um, just a little bit on that. I hate that we always get put in positions to have to cancel our own. You know what I mean? Because that that further divides. Did you listen to that interview with? I can never remember his. Name. I can't remember his name either, but I know who you're talking. But about. he was yeah. just on the Breakfast Club, and he was talking about well-known guy. You would you yeah. would know Killer him Mike. In song. Uh, no, not Killer Mike. Um, he he is always with um, Jesse. He, he I think he was with Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. Oh, like like sure. he like like that's his mentor. But anyway, he talks about cancel culture and yeah. how. How old is he? I do not know. Okay. But this was this interview was from last week. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. But anyway, he talks about cancel culture and how the black community like every time somebody does something wrong. We are just like, oh, we're going to cancel you now. Oh, uh, I heard pieces of it. I did hear pieces of this interview, yeah. I thought he had some really good points about how we need to, instead of canceling everybody, we need to have our, well, and I'm talking people in the black community. I'm not talking about mm. Gucci and all of them. Right. But we need to have uh, basically forgiveness for other people, but mm. n- need them to recognize where their wrongs are and yeah. and make them reflect on those wrongs right. and try and show them why what you're doing is hurting our community or you know 
teach them. If they're mm-hmm. ignorant, teach them. Yes, 100%. And I thought that that was really great points because we can't cancel everybody. Right. Like, it doesn't work, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because we'd be canceling literally everybody. Everybody. everybody's done something fucked up. But, I mean, something that somebody else may not agree with, not fucked up, because, like, to R. Kelly's extent, nobody's done that. Nobody, right, right. You know what I mean? But... Well, we we are still canceling R. Kelly. Yeah, R. Kelly's canceled as fuck. <laughs> but, but, uh, but my point is just... Like, we we air our dirty laundry out far too often in the public eye. Other cultures don't do that. If if a white person goes and shoots up a school or shoots up a music festival, they blame it on um, mental illness, mm-hmm. and then they just be quiet. They don't continue to, you know, to, to run it in the press and to bash and white people and be like, he wasn't really white. Like, they, he doesn't get shunned. From this white community, he just becomes a mental illness, per- a person with an ailment, and that's it. And then it blows over. Everybody forget about it. Don't nobody talk about it. I don't even know half the names of these school shooters no. or these shooters. No, I don't either. But I know all the black people that have done something fucked up because all we do is continue to talk about it. And then we make memes about it. We make jokes about it. And, it, I mean, it's funny. And I know in the black culture, especially growing up, growing up in elementary school, we joke on each other. It's fun. It's what we do. You know, just mm-hmm. that's just our culture. But that shit has gotten out of it's getting out of hand to the point where we're causing further division in our culture. Well, now that brings me to the Jesse Smollett case because you saw exactly. how he was arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what he was charged with. Do you know? Uh, falsifying police report, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so his bail or bond, whatever, was set at a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yes, a hundred thousand. So. To to your point, I have a question for you. If it goes through and it turns out like yes, because I I think to this day he is still like saying very much so like I did not partake in this. I yeah. like I didn't actually lie. Right. If evidence comes out that he was in fact lying, which I think there has been a little bit so right, far. Well, I mean the Nigerian brothers pretty much. Well, yeah, yeah they, they their the their testimony yeah. and stuff, <clears throat> but. Do we cancel Jesse or do we make him realize like what he did was wrong and make him like, yes, he's going to suffer the consequences, but are we canceling him too? So I'm, I don't know how I feel about the whole, like I'm really rethinking this whole cancel culture as a whole for myself. So I don't even know if I'm like, I know I canceled mute R. Kelly or whatever and stuff like that. And, but with Jesse, I don't. It's a it's a weird situation. I need to know the motive behind. Like, what was the reason? I That's my thing. It's like, why make know, this elaborate lie? Right. I read some people were saying that he was doing this as somewhat of a uh, negotiation tactic to get right. higher salary. But that doesn't even make sense. That it doesn't. doesn't. Add up. It it kind of does. If he was to, if the media picked it up the way that they did, and it turned out, and nobody investigated, or there weren't any, you know, uh, chinks in his uh, in the story. In the story, then. He probably would have. He would have got a lot more publicity. He could have asked for more money be, with that publicity because people are going to tune in specifically to watch him, the guy who fought off these two races. You know what I mean? Like that's a good story to to get some heat behind this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. So he could easily come in and be like, "Look, I got these many people following, these many extra followers because of this story. So I want more money." You know, he could have negotiated. So I get that, but is the money really that much? Like he's getting a hundred thousand dollars per episode. 
That nigga, he's making but, but a lot of money as is. Now he's well, yeah, no now he's cut off. Yeah, show. he's cut off now. But for I'm saying, season, for the, well, yeah, yeah, for the season. Nah, they gonna kill him off. They I think they will. But honestly, I don't know. Him and Lee Daniels are cousins. My nigga, yeah, it's, you, it's, it's still you fuck, it you fuck up the, good. You if you all right, and I'm if you let's say years down the line, I have this big thriving podcast business. Which right? you will. Facts, big Let's facts. Speaking um, to existence. You know, that's why I said that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you were, y'all say you were a producer or an A and R or something on, the, you know, helping mm-hmm. me run other podcasts that I have on this. And you came, some shit came out. You made this elaborate lie over some bullshit to try to get some more money out of me. I'm gonna be like, look, bro, like I love you. You still family, but like it looks bad right now. Granted, yeah. um, what you're saying. Wait, one of y'all said that. Um, he might get cut off just for the season. I can see that happening to everything blow over because every we have a short attention span. Mm-hmm. Then I'll bring you back on because I, you know, I would do that. Right. But like he he needs he's cut off for right now. He's cut off the show for right now. I think what needs to happen is he needs to suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm. Yes, he needs to suffer the consequences because eventually I feel like people they they may end up forgiving him, but he 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 does need to suffer right now for what he did because. A lot of people are. Th- this could affect other victims of real hate crimes, mm-hmm. like Th- not I- being believed. Okay. Especially in the black community, where, like, again, we're the least listened to. Like, exactly. If a hate crime happens to, let's say, a white male um, gay man. Yeah. That's going to be taken much more seriously than, let's say, you know, a black woman. A, a black uh, right. lesbian, you know, yeah. it's not gonna be taken as seriously, or it's not gonna get that media attention. Exactly. So, I think the community is going to be upset with him for a while, and he just needs to suffer those consequences. So, I've been doing some thinking on this whole thing because he's so gung ho that this was not staged that he didn't lie on this. I was thinking, what if? Okay, we all know about Fox News mm-hmm. and the type of news that they portray. Yeah, it's conservative. Very conservative. And what if they wanted to push the narrative, going off what you said, that racism isn't real and black people make up hate crimes? Right. What if they staged the whole thing? He has no knowledge of it. But they paid the... Like, they corresponded with the, the Nigerians or whatever and did this whole thing... Um, maybe electronically, so it wasn't really in person, and then they thought it was coming from Jesse, but it really wasn't. I mean, this so is so like this basically is, like a conspiracy. Conspiracy theory. Okay, yeah. 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 What do y'all What do y'all think about that? That makes sense. I mean, I mean, it would because what sense does it make for him to do this? Yes, because what's gonna happen? I can see it happening already. Fox News is gonna run this story about him lying mm-hmm. like crazy. Well, actually, I hope they don't, and there's a reason that they probably won't. It's because um, Empire is on Fox. And that'll fuck up day. But I feel like, and I mean, I may be wrong, but I don't really hear too many people talking about Empire anymore. Like yeah, I, you know, Empire I know, died down. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Because what season are they on now? I'm like five or six. Yeah. Sure. I have no so idea. it's like, yeah. I mean, the hype was already dead with yeah. Empire, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe. Yeah, I mean, I maybe that was you know his goal objective is to get the name get out the there. name back out yeah. right yeah and that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but I mean, you know, not to get do, uh, too deep into it, but when you and I were talking about, it, and I told you, I was like, I feel like this, this is all made up. Yeah. And it was just, and this was before I even like really knew like the full details. Yeah. It was just because of the geography. Like we familiar with Chicago. Yeah. And I'm like, you telling me at 
two something, whatever time it was in yeah, the morning. 3 yeah, three a.m. in the morning. This happened. I'm like, it's always people downtown. Like, yeah. so that didn't add up. Then that whole calling him a faggot and things like that. Boys Town ain't that far from there. Right. And I'm telling you, if you're familiar with Chicago, go to Boys Town. Yeah. yeah and act like that. Yeah. Man, they'll run you up out yeah, of there. Like, they're not playing that there. shit. Play right. So game. just off that alone, I was like, oh, I don't really know. You know, right. this, this ain't really adding up to me. But. So, well, and, and his statements. Yeah, and his statements then. It's just, it, it all, like, so when we first talked about it on the podcast, um, the beginning of the month, I had already heard inklings of it being fake, but. I chose to believe the victim, and I, I don't apologize for that because I don't either. Yeah, yeah. you, you should wrong with that. Yeah, you right. should always believe the victim. Yeah, it's not wrong because you don't. This you part, literally don't know. You don't know, so you 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 consider the victim's story. I'm not gonna say 100 percent believe because you know people people uh, do lie. But but you consider the story, you take it in, and then we still address uh, uh the the topic of hate crimes because that is a real thing. Believe it or not, whether it's publicized on the news or not, mm-hmm. it's still a real thing yeah. that needs to be talked about. So that was the the bigger message there. But as far as this uh, situation specifically, Jesse, I mean, if he's he's lying and. Jesse Lyon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 a weird it's a situation. Messy, it's a very, very messy situation. Very messy situation. But this too shall pass. It will. Say. It will. But I mean, I guess you could say the same thing as you know, why do white women lie and say that they've been raped by a black man? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, like people make reason? people make shit up all the time, regardless yeah. of of race and so, things like that. People lie. People are. Like they're fucked up, yeah. you know. Why do they do that? <laughs> and I was thinking about that because I know when, um, like, if I if I tell a lie on something and then you get caught in the lie, what do you usually do? Do you come up with another lie to support your lie, Hell or do yeah. you come close, come clean? You, you keep that exactly. lie going. So, and that's that could be with him. He's just having a reaction. It's like nah, because they're not gonna find out these little details. I hate that part. So if I come up with this lie to support it, and then nah, they find out everything, and now you looking mad stupid in front of everybody. That's all I gotta say. I'm disappointed with the Chicago PD, and this mm-hmm. is why they cracked this bullshit ass hate crime in like what a week, mm-hmm. but y'all can't crack murders from goddamn yeah, five ten years ago. Exactly. Like come on, man. Like all these damn gang shootings. Right. No suspect. Right. But y'all can crack this shit. Come on. That's yeah. some bullshit. I got a problem with that. It's, man, this this case... It's a heavy... It's been a heavy yeah. <laughs> racial... Let me just say, this has been the worst Black History really Month ever. Yo, really? Like, real shit. Really this is really terrible Black I think, History Month. And that's month. another point. I think this shit was purpose. Yeah. Like, purposely targeted for, like... The the Gucci shit came out how long ago? It was probably like two weeks ago. No, but I'm saying like six six months ago, that shirt dropped on, on online. Oh, really? So why did it just pop up now? Now. Right. Like and then the Montclair stuff and everything just happened now. now like, this whole right. month has been fucked up. Mm-hmm. And it's been specifically targeted towards black people. Right. I feel like it the powers that be, whoever run this shit, was really on some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And That's then, cool. We got and, them in twenty twenty. And another thing, the going back to the Gucci thing, I know we kinda jumping over, but um there's only like three or four fashion houses, right? And some of these brands are under the same fashion house. Mm-hmm. Like this is they're they're doing this shit on purpose. Yeah, there's they they are. I don't care what nobody say. They are doing this shit on purpose. I 100 percent believe that to be true. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move from the Jesse and that into more lighter. Nah, well, <laughs> well, yeah, before, no, not nah, lighter, before but... we go there, I just want to say I'm glad R. Kelly got um incarcerated. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we throwing him under yes, the jail. Yes, yes, God is good. God is good. <laughs> yes, we ain't gonna get too far into that. Just, just yeah, yeah. yeah. Just God nigga, is good. Right. That's Go back and listen to the Mutant R. Kelly episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so jumping straight into the conversation, we're gonna make things a little lighter. Just have some general black conversation. Uh, in this segment, we get deep and sometimes uncomfortable. We ask tough questions and share our unpopular opinions with the intention of promoting growth through conversation. Um, so I just want to ask y'all just a couple things I've been thinking about. It's Black History Month. I want to end on just a black ass episode. It's probably gonna be the title title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> black ass episode. But um, so do you uh celebrate Black History as an adult? Like, how do you celebrate Black History as an adult? I mean, I would say for me, every day is Black History. Facts. Um, I mean, I'm I'm very pro Black, and I I love our culture. I love everything about us. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's like in school, yeah, they, and we'll we'll dive into that. So I'll stay away from that from right now. But yeah, I mean, to me, every day I celebrate it. You know, every day I'm doing more and more research on us and you know our uh, big time uh, black figures yeah. and things like that. I mean, I'm I'm always gonna support black business. Yeah. So you know, yeah, every day for me. I'm with Maurice. Um, I love learning just about black history mm. every day. I learn new things every single day. Um, I love watching like documentaries about like the history and things like that. Um, So yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I, me personally, um, I don't necessarily like in 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 elementary school and going through school. We celebrated. It was like a thing. It was part of the curriculum. We would do research and just kind of have. We would sing, lift every voice every morning with Mm -hmm. the pledge. and stuff like that. But as an adult, I don't necessarily uh, celebrate Black History Month. And I know I, I should. But um, the way I celebrate Black History is, going back to what you said, is every day in my in my actions and how I present, you know, to other people of all other races. I want them to know that your idea of Black people isn't what we are, mm-hmm. you know. So that's how I... I I live our or um sorry I project our legacy like yes. through my action. Yes. Um I love that. Yeah. So yeah, um how do how do we feel about black history being taught in elementary schools? I hate it. I also hate it Me because too. as an adult, I've learned so much more mm-hmm. than what they've taught us in school. And yeah. mind you, I went to a, a white suburban school. Yeah. So the main things that we learned about black people is that there was slavery and basically Jim Crow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it. Yeah. Like, that's literally all they teach us. There is so much more to learn than just slavery yeah. mm-hmm. and, the, you know, the, the Jim Crow era and civil rights. Yeah. There is so much more. And, like, so many things that I didn't know, like, the first open heart surgery uh, was done by a black man. Mm-hmm. Or um, the the um, bus boycott. God, I can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> that was beach. actually started. That actually was not started by Rosa Parks. It was started by a little girl. Um, I forget her name, but mm, um, yeah, I forget her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, but it was started by a little girl, um, and and Rosa Parks uh, basically kind of caught on to that and yeah. made it a thing. So right. things like that, I learned getting older, and yeah. so it, it's really irritating because I feel. Almost lied to. Yeah. And like I feel like 
the US, they want to hide their history and they don't want to learn from it. They just want to glaze over it. Glaze over it, exactly. They're like, oh, yep, and this happened, but uh, we're just going to move on to the next thing. My my problem with it uh, is that. Because I, I, gen- I honestly do not like black history being taught in elementary schools. I don't think it should because it they show black people as a monolith. They only show one view of us. They show us as black slaves and everything else in history they show as white heroes. Mm-hmm. So why are we only shown as the slaves? And it kind of reinforces that idea. And then it all, it when you're in elementary school, you don't care about race. You don't care about color. You sit next to this white boy that's your best friend. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't know anything different. But once they teach these, teach black history in schools, then you start to divide. And as mm-hmm. you, when you get into middle school, there's a division. You notice the division between blacks and whites in schools. And then high school, y'all having whole arguments and fights in the hallways because of, you know, y'all, y'all difference, cultural differences. Right. But it all starts with separating us with the idea that these are black slaves and these were the white heroes. Yeah. Or even... Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, I mean, it's actually good that you brought that up. I remember, and I think it was in eighth grade during Black History Month, they uh, they had us watch... uh, What's that movie? Um, Mississippi Burning. Mm -hmm. And after we watched that movie, I had basketball practice. I wasn't trying to pass the ball to none of my white teammates. Like, just being straight up. Like, I was so fucking pissed and mad. And, like, I'm looking at my white teammates like, your ancestors did this to my people. Like, right. I'm pissed off, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Or even the representation of how Africa is in school. Yes, yeah. very misrepresented. Extremely. Mm-hmm. My dad grew up in Uganda until he was about <laughs> 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes from a city. He comes from Kampala, Uganda. Mm-hmm. So he is the one who told me, like, no, like, there's cities in Africa. There's built. There's tall buildings. There's like people. Yeah. It's not just like these villages with like right. dirt everywhere, mud huts, and like people are walking around naked and poor right. and starving. <laughs> yeah, right. that's the picture, yeah. the image that yeah. they show to us, are mm-hmm. constantly buckets of water on their right. head. Exactly. Right, that's, yeah. Every time I think of Africa, it is fucked up. But that's what I. That's envision. what you envision. Right. Because you haven't seen anything different. You've exactly. been Africa is beautiful. You've been basically. It's been ingrained in your brain. Yes. yes, and you know, my my biggest issue that that I have with the uh, teaching Black history in schools is they talk about like the same, like the same civil rights act. Yes, same five. People. Same five. Yes. Yeah. So they treat Martin Luther King Jr. like he was a god, and he everything he did was wonderful, was fantastic. Loved the man. He he truly truly helped us. He mm-hmm. did. They treat him like he was a god. They don't talk about Malcolm X. I learned about Malcolm X on my own. They They don't really... They they, 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 they glaze over it. Yeah, that's how they treat it. But like, the little little moment where we did talk about Malcolm X in school, they made him sound like this evil-ass racist. And I was like, hold on, hold on. This shit can't be right. Right. And then that's when I started doing my own research. They talk about Rosa Parks. Mm -hmm. They they talk about Thurgood Marshall for a little bit. And they may hit on W.E.B. Du Bois. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, mm-hmm. they're not mentioning nobody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like they never talk about Stokely Carmichael. Yeah. Never talk about Huey P. Noon. Yeah. Like they never talk about Bayard Rustin. Who Bayard Rustin? He actually was a mentor to Martin Luther King Jr. He actually helped Martin Luther King Jr. find the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Yeah. But they don't talk about that. The only 
black female they do talk about is Rosa Parks. They never talk about Ida B. Wells. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. Like, they never talk about Mary Bethune, who Bethune Cookman University yeah. is named after now in yeah. Daytona yeah. Beach, yeah. Florida. They, 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 they never hit on them people. They're going to talk about the same right. five, and that's it. So it's like, when you're a young black kid growing up, you think you only have five heroes, pretty yeah. much. Like, that's all you know right. of. And then they, they, the standard of being a Dr. King, you have to be an immaculate figure. Right, right. So you're like, I can't live up to that. Right. But they need to show more representation of people doing regular shit. Like you mentioned earlier, the first black, uh, the first open heart surgery was done by a black man. That's something that is more attainable than trying to change the course of your your, your race in the country. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, to have that... that um, Ah, I can't think of the word, but yeah, it, it's just a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on people, and they don't have the the representation to set attainable goals. Right. Yeah. Like, but yeah, we can tell you all about Christopher Columbus, who now we know that was a lie. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. So that's just I I think that if they are gonna talk about Black history, let's talk about us being kings and queens in mm-hmm. Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, let's 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 hit on that. And then, if you want to talk about the transition to America, whatever, that's fine, because that is part of the history. Let's call it like it is. But let's not brainwash our young black kids to think, damn, I was a slave. I went through Jim Crow, and now I'm here. Like Because a lot of us don't know what life was for us back in Africa. We don't know that. And that's just simply because it was never taught to us the way that it should have been. Exactly. And if you are a a white listener, I do encourage you to do do some research on black history because it's a lot more than what was taught in the schools to you guys. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to learn out there than just... Very rich history. Yes, Mm -hmm. an extremely rich history. And I encourage you all... Um, you know, if you if you are a white listener, to to look into that more. Yes, um, Christopher Columbus was the first Jesse Smollett. All right. We're gonna- <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man>. But um, <laughs> niggas making up stories, right? I, mean, I really was too. But um, so, what does it mean to be black to you? It means to be beautiful. Facts. Yes. I Speak love it. it. I love, I mean, I'm going to be honest, man. I love everything that comes with it. I love the racism that we face. Mm -hmm. I love the backlash. I love how a lot of people want to be us. Mm -hmm. You know, let's call it, I I love it. And the reason why I say that is because, like, it makes us strong. You know, it it makes us powerful. And a lot of people may be like, oh, black people are sensitive. Black people are overreacting to this or that. You don't understand because you're not us. Like, you don't understand the bullshit that we face every day. The microaggression. Right. Yep. The microaggression. The how how people are intimidated by us. Like, a successful black man or successful black woman is the scariest thing on the face of this universe to mm-hmm. be. They're terrified by it. Yeah. And that's why I love it. And I remember in high school, one of my mentors, he was also my football coach, white man. He told me, he said, you're one of the most hard and working kids that I know. He said, you're a goofball. You always like to play around. He said, but you're one of the hardest working kids I know behind closed doors. And I looked him straight in his eye. I said, if I was a white kid, I wouldn't be a hard worker because I would know that only thing I have to do is graduate high school and I'm about to go and run my mom's or my dad's company. I said, but by me being a black kid who didn't grow up with, you know, I didn't grow up with money and shit like that. So that made me work twice as hard. Mm-hmm. Like before Kanye went in the song in place, when he said being black, you have to extra, extra try. Yeah. Like that That's was real fact. shit. That's a fact. That was real. So it's like, 
I, I love it, man. I, I love yeah. I love my black skin, and you should. Yeah. I think being black to me, it's complicated because every single black person has a different experience, mm-hmm. and each one of us has a different path, different life, different everything. So yeah. being black. It's it's co it's one cohesive experience, but it's also completely different experiences. Right. Yeah. So my experiences as a black woman is different from yours, different from yours, different right. from you know whoever down the street. Right. And I think that what we as black people need to realize is that yes, we are we are bonded together, but we do not all have to be the same. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to adhere to like the same things. We can you know. Uh, dude down the street who's black, he can like Rascal Flats if he wants to. That doesn't make him not black. Right, yeah. Like, I can grow up yes. with money, but that doesn't make me not black. Yes. You can grow up poor, but that doesn't make... You know what right, I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. We don't always have to have the same black struggle, so to speak, exactly. in order to be black. Yeah. And I think that's something that I'm realizing as I get older is that... I am still a black woman at the end of the day, yeah. and I love it. Yeah. I love being a part of the black culture, yeah. but that doesn't mean that we all have to be the same. Right. Um, I 100% agree with you on that. Uh, we are not a monolith. We we come in different shapes, sizes, experiences, and backgrounds, and we're all we all make up what is black culture, um, and there should be more acceptance of that in our culture and in other cultures because. Um, people who are white passing generally get, you know, coupled into the the white side. Oh, you're white. Or you you're you're one of us. Mm-hmm. It's like no, I'm still black, and you should respect me as such. Don't treat me differently than you treat that uh, the darker skinned black person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or even the way you speak. I was just yeah. about to say that. The yeah. way like I got told all the time like, oh well, you speak white. Yeah, you sound white. You sound mm-hmm. white, yeah. and I'm like. I didn't know that you could speak a color. Right, right. I always used to say that. Yeah. And if, if you're referring to Ebonics, then sure, I don't. I didn't speak that way. Right. But, you know. Right, that doesn't make yeah. any less. And, right, right. And with that, what, what frustrates me with that is, so we're pretty much saying that just because you speak proper, that you're not black. So pretty much what you're saying is that all black people are ignorant. Right, it's like, that's that's it's what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's self hate. It's right. self hate yeah. dialogue. Yeah. Literally, you're... yeah. Because like I remember uh, when 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 my mom moved us to the suburbs right before high school. When I first got to the suburbs, I was fresh from the city, so I spoke ebonics. Like, I mean, my English was broken pretty much. Yeah. And then the white kids were like, "You speak ghetto." Like they right. they yeah. laugh, right? So then, but going to high school in the suburbs and growing up around white kids and things like that and let's call it like it is the schools were better as far as educationally so obviously my english got better and i started speaking proper yeah, and you learned and to stuff. assimilate right yeah but then it's like when i went back home out west now all my friends like oh you a white boy now you suburban you talking exactly. white and it would piss me off because i'm saying so just because i'm trying to educate myself just because i'm trying to do better now all of a sudden i'm 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 labeled as a fucking oreo to you right like are you and then i tell them i'm still that same nigga. you know i still beat your ass yeah, like i'm just an educated ass nigga that's gonna whoop your right. ass man. right and then like that's something that made me really read and learn more about Malcolm x and that's what made me say to myself i want to be like him yeah because this was a guy that came from nothing that was in prison and then became this great black figure, this great black icon, mm-hmm. and he spoke well. Mm-hmm. You know, he dressed well, clean guy. Yeah. 
And I'm watching him and I'm like, if he was alive today and he saw how we're talking to one another, yeah. as far as, oh, you talk white, you act white, he'll be disappointed. Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr., he'll be disappointed. Like, they will want us to, to talk proper. They will want us right. to speak well. You know, right. like, they won't want us to, you know, walk around acting the way that some of us act. Which, there's nothing wrong with Ebonics because that's just the colloquialism. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. at the end, like, you shouldn't shame somebody for... For speaking, yeah. yeah. For speaking, like how the fuck you expect to get a job? Exactly. Like that's a fact. Let's be honest. Um, and for me, like just being black, and I guess we've kind of touched on this already. It's strength. It's literally strength because we've we've taken all of the beating, and we still came out on top. Honestly, the the head start that every other culture has had over us, and we still are able to inch up behind them, is amazing. If we had a fair shot. We'd be over the top. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why they, they continue to try to keep us down. And, yeah, so that's what being black means to me. So what, is, what are your favorite, I guess we kind of talked about that too. What are your favorite things about being black? Um, honestly, I love, I love just the culture. I, I just, the way we talk, the way we interact with each other. You walk, like I walked um, past a black person. I was at Roller Gardens on Friday. And... Walking past black people, I don't even know these people, but you know, you you pass and you're like, what up? Mm -hmm. It's like, what's up, bro? And then the, the person who I was with was like, you know him? And I was like, nah. Mm -hmm. I was like, nah, it's just a... Yes. Just a yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've literally been asked. I used to, at my previous job, this man, he used to say hello to me every day, black man. Yeah. He used to work in the cafeteria, and then there was another black man who worked security. Say, said hi to him every single day. Yeah. They just thought you were cute. Oh, shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, we used to right. acknowledge each other and be like, hey, how's it going? Oh, your day's going well? Okay, that's great. Right. And one of my coworkers, she goes, do you know him? Yeah. I said, no, I don't know him. And she goes, oh, well, is it like a black thing where you just speak to strange men that you don't know and say hi to them yeah. every day? I said, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's black, so yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. He I, I got it. It's a Somali... Um, Security guard. Every day he sit there. He be on his phone half the time mm -hmm. when I'm leaving. But every time I walk past, I'm like, "All right, man, have a yep. good night." He's like, "Yeah, have a good night." Mm -hmm. Everybody else walk past him, but it's I'm not gonna walk past this black man and not say nothing. Right. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I love that about our culture. I love that we are we're a unit. Like when we when we get along, we get along, and it's it's a great vibe. Um, just family time, family come together. The music, everybody can kind of relate to the the music that is playing. You can mm -hmm. go to any black barbecue and some of the same songs that be played, mm -hmm. and it's just uh, I love that. That's honestly mm -hmm. my favorite part of being black yes. is the music Marches. and the well, the music mainly because yeah. I I feel very attuned to like with dancing and like music and yeah. like the bass of the beat and like the feeling that you get mm -hmm. when you're just dancing and having a good time. I swear. That's my favorite yeah. thing about being black African whatever you want to call it yeah. I, I love it all yeah. and then, and you know it's like also like we need to continue to just uplift one another like mm -hmm. we we have to because i mean this country is already doing a good enough job as far as trying to tear us down yes so it's like you know let's just continue to like uplift one another just be positive towards each other yeah you know like one thing that that i i hate is i notice Whenever, like, a group of us will go out, like, it could be, like, me, you, Sean, and whoever, and we out, and if we walk past a group of black dudes, it's either going to be like, what up, bro, what up? Or it's either me mugging. Yeah. yeah. It's always one or the other, and it's like, why is that? I'm black, you black. We live in the same life in the same country. Right. What we mean mugging for? I don't know you from the can of paint, and you don't know me. Right. Let's just say what up, shake hands, we keep it moving. Right. 
you know? So it's like, that's something that as a culture, like we need to just change overall. Mm. I think that's accredited to um, stereotypes. So if we, if the media didn't plaster these stereotypes of black people out so much, we wouldn't have this innate thought that it might be drama with these four or five black dudes that's walking up to us. That you mm-hmm. literally don't know. Right, you right. don't know. You, We wouldn't have that thought that they might be a threat. You know what I mean? Because that's literally what it is. It's like, I don't know what these niggas is on. So I mean, like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm looking at them it's to like see what they are. Yeah, it, it really is. Hate. It really is. It, it's yeah. it's, it's it self-hate within ourselves. Because, yeah. like, and I hate that I've done this before, but if it's a group of niggas walking down the street, I used to do shit in Chicago. If it's a big-ass group of niggas walking, I'm across the street. Because I'm not finna go through this because I know it might be some mm-hmm. bull. Y'all might be on some gang shit. Yo, what you... Nah, I'm not on Remember that. when we was younger and we was uh we was over there on the north oh, side of Chicago? Oh, yes, 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 yes. And we walked past the about. house and these niggas mean mugging us so we mean mugging back. And then, like, they, like, ran off the block, like, trying to jump us. Yeah. And we, like, we don't even know y'all. And we yeah. almost started fighting. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just... You know, that's that's how it is. Yeah. That's crazy to me. That so, it, it, it makes no sense. Niggas just... So I, I hate that's one thing that I dislike about the black community is that we always we we always make assumptions about each other and we give in to the stereotypes that these white people have made up about us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fucked up. It, it's really fucked up. All right, so I know with being black, one of the perks we get is the use of the <laughs> n word. Nigga, 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 nigga. <laughs> 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 but. Uh, <laughs> So who do y'all feel can use the N word? Black people. What what's black? Black people. Anybody with black skin. Okay. <laughs> it's it all right, so I've met a couple black people, white passing, going back to this mm-hmm. whole idea. So if you see them, they don't look like logic. If me and logic was chilling and this nigga called me a nigga, I'd probably be ready to fight him because he doesn't look mm-hmm. black. But if you if you knew him, and you know that yeah, he is. I didn't even know his dad, black. Right. Yeah. Like, like we have to have a rapport. Like, we, like you can't just like. But willy nilly. So if I'm out on the street, right? If I'm, let's say we downtown, we walking, we talking, laughing loud and shit. You know how we be. And I'm just saying shit, nigga, whatever. I'm talking. The black person across the street. Let's say I was white passing. They don't know that I'm mixed. They just see a person that looks white. Saying nigga. So if they reacted a certain way, would they be at fault? I mean, like that's just like Michael. Michael mixed. That's a fact. Yeah. But his skin tone is white. But he's mixed, and I mean, he say nigga. Yeah, he so, says nigga a lot. Right. So it's like, I mean, he got the one percent. I mean, his daddy is black. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Terry, a black ass nigga. Right. <laughs> I feel like you need to have that rapport with somebody to use the word. No, so I'm I'm saying just I, I get what you're saying, yeah. but I'm saying like as a black person, like if you're white passing, yeah. you're you're just like out on the street, just like nigga, 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 like right. you shouldn't do that, you I know, mean, like but why not? Because you black, right? It's you know it's a it's a weird line. That's why I asked. It is weird. It is it, super weird. I mean, in all honesty, y'all may not like this answer, but. I mean, growing up with Hispanics, we would say it to each other. In okay, thank you. Because I'm going to be honest. When Hispanics said, I don't get offended. Oh, yeah, no fucking problem. I don't get offended at all. Like, like yeah, opinion. yeah. Like, like when Takashi said, people be like, why is he saying nigga? He Mexican. Takashi was like, I grew up with all black people. Right. Like, 
And like like me and my best friends that are Puerto Rican, we like, what up, nigga? Nigga, what you talking? Y'all crazy? Yeah. Like that's just that's how it is. I don't I don't get mad. And it it's a that idea comes from because I've met Mexicans out here that are from Minnesota that don't say it. Yeah, and they yeah, won't yeah, say yeah, it. yeah. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, but Mexicans and Puerto Ricans in Chicago, say nigga, it. yeah, my nigga Daniel, my, my nigga no Daniel, yo, <laughs> Daniel Escobar, you, I used to be like, yo, this nigga say nigga more than me, right? But he like, man, I was with some niggas last night. We was just chilling. I'm like, man, nigga, like everything was nigga. And I'm like, yo, Daniel, like you Mexican, but it, it was just funny. Yeah. But that's because, like, growing up, I always saw Puerto Ricans and Mexicans as black people with lighter skin tone that can speak Spanish and can swim. Right. That's always how I saw it. That's always how I saw it. I'm like, motherfucker, you black. You just got a lighter skin tone and right. you speak Spanish. Like, see, for me, so. I just, if I see that you're white and you're using the word, I'm, I'm extremely uncomfortable and I'm not with it. There's only yeah. one white person that can say nigga. In front of me, oh, and that's Connor. <laughs> oh yeah, <His> <laughs> that's the only no, yeah. white person that can no, say nigga. You know what? Nah. Look, I right, I got a quick story. So at your uh, your bachelor party, oh, oh yeah, we was in different we, cars. Yeah, so we in the car, and I'm around with Connor, and I didn't know how much he said nigga, but I I really didn't have a problem because he was cool as fuck, and I was, you know what I mean. Yeah. So. We get in the car with your dad's friend who yeah. don't know yeah. none of us and definitely yeah, don't her. know Connor. So Connor in the front seat with this big ass black yeah, her big as fuck, bro. And we driving and he turned on some Biggie, uh huh. Not knowing that this Connor kind of shit, shit worth <laughs> murder. Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, so I'm in the back. I'm rapping. Connor in it. He he you know, he rapping and then he just dropped the nigga and dude looked at him like. <laughs> Yo, you know this shit. It just was like amping him up. No problem at all. So I was like, damn, all right, Connor, you ain't gonna get your ass whooped today. So it just it worked out. It worked out. Yeah, but he Connor is the only white person that can say that shit. I think he wow. can say that in front of any group so and who, still be. Who good gets a pass me. then? Like how like how does one acquire it's so, a pass? My thing is, I, I always say this. If you grew up around a bunch of black people and they let you say it, only use it around those black around people. Them. Don't yeah. think that you can use it because yeah. you know, don't think you can go into any black circle and use it. I don't care how comfortable mm-hmm. you feel, don't yeah, try it because somebody is not going to know you that well. Somebody's going to take offense to it. So, like, yeah. I can fart around my family, right? Wild comparison. Look. I can fart around y'all. Y'all will get mad, but y'all will be like, you know, whatever. They can fart, right? But if I go around somebody else's random family and I fart around them, they're going to take disrespect. They're going to kick me the fuck out. I might get beat up because why would you sit your nasty ass there and shit in your pants at our table? Right? You see what I'm saying? So it's the same thing. Don't don't let the F bomb out. Oh, the, the, the N bomb. The N bomb. Don't let the N bomb out around people you don't know. Oh my god. Oh, right. <laughs> that was an inside joke. <laughs> Have you ever heard that daddy say that? My nah, dad! Yeah. Like, Alright. Oh, okay, so I was. I'll just make this really quick. So I was telling him, like, who's performing at the Super Bowl? And. Uh, he was like, oh, I was like, oh, Maroon 5 is performing. And he was like, oh, who is that? And I go, you know the, the song, This Love Has? And, then, and he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I like them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he always says that. He always says that. All right. 
my god, man. Yeah. I love that dude, man. That's my guy. Oh my man. god. <laughs> and like ever since then we just crack jokes about it. Oh right. I like that. I fuss with it. I, fuss with it. Oh, shit. I ain't never heard I'm gonna be looking for him to do that shit. Oh he gonna do it, man. He Trust gonna do me. It. He gonna do it. He gonna do it. Only when he's really excited about something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. oh god. Oh god. Alright, so we we all agree. Well, I don't know if we all agree, but <laughs> white people can't use the N word. We are in agreement with that. Okay, except for Kamalisha except, around yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kinda, shout out Kanda because I fuck with. Okay, but hold on, quick question. Yeah. So like, what if it's a white dude that's married to a black woman and have interracial kids? I feel he, like he, he's still ain't black. Dep- right, right. Yeah. No, no, no. I feel I'm the same way. way. I'm just if, if he says it around her, then they have that report built already, and right. that's okay for them because they're okay with it. Right, but. It would have it to. Would, it would have to. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. No, I, I was just gonna say if he said it around her family and things like that, and they're comfortable with it, like you said, right? Then he should just say it around that Them. family. Yeah, right. that family so, or those people. Philippe and Kiara. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I'm gonna use them because it's the interracial couple that y'all, the listeners, are familiar with. Um, she's black. He's white. If he used it around her, I wouldn't care because that's you know. But and then if he used it, I don't know. I, it's different because he's cool. You know, he's cool with us. Yeah, I mean, so if he used it, it probably wouldn't ring off any alarms because I I don't get that vibe from him. Mm-hmm. And he, you know what I mean. So it 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 just depends on the group that you're around. Right. Right. So what about because we've all experienced this? If you were if you're at a concert mm-hmm. and a rapper is saying nigga, and the white people next to you are saying I've I went to school in Mankato in Minnesota, my nigga. At rounders, they say they, it they, they, See, yeah. all the time, and it's so like I, at first I'll be ready to fight, but yeah. I'm like, shit, what am I about to do? Like, fight, the fight whole everybody, yeah. yeah. So, so you just, just all, all you can right. do is give them the side eye, right? You, and and just look at them. I'll push like, a nigga, yeah. 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 I walk past and that's why show I'm gonna be honest, real quick. when YG dropped my nigga, yeah. I hated that song yeah. for that yeah. reason, yeah. for that specific reason. I hated that song. I'm just singing the song, great, great. So it's like now I'm waiting for Logic to drop a song. Talking about, don't get offended, white people. I love y'all. My wife is half white. But I want a lot of drop a song saying, my cracker, my cracker. Nah, hey, you can't. Hey, my cracker, my cracker, my motherfucker cracker. Right? So we were at this. He really just played the, my wife is half white card. He really just played that. He really did. He really did. He said, I got a white friend. I got a half white friend. My best friend is Polish. Like, I got a lot of white friends. Brandon is one of my good friends. Shout out to Brandon and Warren. Yeah. I'm oh, listening right now, Brandon. Yo. Like, Brandon definitely gonna recite this shit. And Brandon, that's my motherfucking nigga. <laughs> he white. Like, come on, man. Come on. All right. I'm just fucking with y'all, though. Yeah, we love y'all, man. Right. Um, again, you said it earlier, but disclaimer, for any white listeners, we don't mean any harm to you specifically. No. Um, no. It's your ancestors that we don't fuck with. <laughs> Know that this is all in fun. It is informative and do your research on the black culture so that you understand. Yeah, sure. Um but you know, we have a good conversation. Or or here. just have a conversation with right. a black person. That is so true. Yes. You can learn so much just by 
talking with a black person and mm-hmm. getting their perspective and, mm-hmm. and listening to what they yeah. have to say yeah. and don't be afraid to bring up race because I yeah. feel like a lot of white people are just afraid yeah. of yeah. having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like you can't be because the only way that all of us, I mean, like as an entire whole, will be able to get past this is to right. talk about it. Exactly. Right. That is the only way we can get past it. Let's talk about it. And also, you know, some people are going to make comments that you may not agree with but the moment you start yelling, moments you, the moment that you start getting hostile, obviously that person's just gonna shut down and it's not gonna go anywhere. Right. So it's like just be open minded, allow them to get their point out, and then that's when you you know come back with your point. But that's the only way that we can make progress. Big Let's time. talk about it. Let's have a conversation about it. You know? <laughs> Branding. <laughs> talk <right>. about it. <laughs> but uh, all right. So going to this next question, do you feel like being black or having black skin is a disadvantage to you? No, because I love my black. melanated skin. Melanated. <laughs> I, I don't get sunburnt. Hey. No, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. 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 Last year, last we year. We had yeah. one time, one time in my entire life I've been sunburnt. Yo, my black ass ain't never been sunburnt. And that shit hurt. That shit, shit hurt. Let it me just hurt. say, white people, I understand, man. Oh, we are so sorry. Yeah, we sorry. It's hard. It's hard for y'all, man. Because if my ass got sunburnt, I know y'all was burning in there. Yeah, yeah, we understand. We man. were in pain. Like, we couldn't move yeah, yeah. our like, Yo, arms this was and boring. shit. Yeah. This all I got racism. I can handle racism, but if somebody, I was like, I was like, man, this is what white people go through. I'm good. I ain't never felt more connected to my white brother in my life. But I think I think black is just so beautiful. Or brown, brown skin to me is just. Smelling like cocoa butter. It's just Ooh. the most beautiful thing to me. Wait, hold on, bro. You can't do that. I say smell like cocoa butter. You say shout out Juan. Wait, that's not Juan. No, no. It's a quote. It's got to be explained. Y'all always having some suspect moments. Nah, look, look, look. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Juan said that's a quote from Juan. That's why we shouting him out. I'm not saying Juan smell like cocoa butter. I don't know if he smell like cocoa butter. And if he do, I'm not smelling the nigga to find out. That's not my business. You funny as hell. But right, I'm sorry, Juma. What are you saying? I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, black skin is beautiful. Um, shout out to Jen Delta Ray um, hey. and her podcast. She has the most beautiful skin I have ever seen. Like brown chocolate. Like she is. Oh, I love it. Big facts. Whoa. Okay, Juma. <laughs> I just I love uplifting. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, you got a crush over there. I see. Oh, I big woman crush. Hey, for sure. Okay, turn up. <laughs> I hate you guys. But uh, do I feel like being having black skin is a disadvantage? No, I don't. I think um, going back to just we talked about having going through the adversity of being black and dealing with the things that we deal with, um, it makes us stronger. And I think any disadvantage that it may that may have appeared to be, maybe I didn't get a job because I was black or I had a racial encounter with somebody it made me stronger. It made me know how to conduct myself and maneuver in these spaces. I am so much more equipped to succeed in any given situation because of my black skin, because of the things that I've had to go go through to get here. So I don't think, plus I don't believe in too many disadvantages or failures in life, period. But especially when it comes to my black skin, I feel like I it makes me more equipped to deal with any obstacle. So no, 
It's not a disadvantage. Yeah, I agree. I agree with both of y'all. <coughs> um, have you ever had a racist encounter? Speaking of. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all have. Can you explain? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I, well, I'll, I'll mention one encounter that I've had. And I've never had like a like an overt like racist encounter mm. until I was with you guys. And we were driving down the highway. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were driving down the highway in Mankato. You were in the car, too. You probably oh, don't remember this. I remember this. But, seat, yeah. yep, so it was all four of us in the car. We were driving down the road. And we had the biz. Yep, yeah. Yep. Hey. And we were driving down the road, and this man on a motorcycle, on a motorcycle screams out, you, f- what did he say, you fucking niggers? Yeah. And, yeah. and, I t- and Maurice <laughs> lost, lost his shit, which, I mean, we were all mad. Yeah. But, like, Maurice was like, yeah. I am going to chase you down and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, type mad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I that cannot be repeated. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried calming him down, which I mean, I told him I was like, "Well, you can't run this man over in my car, number one. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that was not an option." But it wasn't until that moment, and I, we were what eighteen, nineteen years old, mm-hmm. and I that was my first experience of like outright racism. Like mm-hmm. I probably experienced micro like, micro. I've experienced definitely experienced microaggressions, yeah. but. Um, also I had a, I want to say it was like eighth grade English teacher that I really do to this day. And like, I don't have any proof, but I think to this day that he was racist. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I was an English major in college. Like I always got A's in English mm-hmm. and he gave me a C the entire year. Like every single trimester I got a C in his mm-hmm. class and like, mind you, I, after that I went on to honors English and got A's. In mm-hmm. every single, like every single semester, yeah. and it's like all of a sudden, and like I couldn't prove or like be and like yeah. this is like oh yeah he's a racist because I didn't have any like proof, right? But I knew that my work was better than then what you were than what he what mm-hmm. he was grading me as, Man. and so I was like you know what this is this is probably just one of those experiences that I'm gonna have as a black woman, and there was nothing I could do about it, but. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I've had um, one, I remember in high school, uh, one encounter, it was my first encounter of overt uh, racism. The lady, I was at, my mom woke me up one Saturday morning to go grocery shopping with her. She needed help carrying the bags and shit. So um, me as the strong young black boy, you know, <laughs> help my mom out. Help her out. Right. So we go to the, uh, we go to Cub in St. Louis Park. Which one? The one off Norwood? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Went in there, she she was doing her shopping. I asked her, I was like, what else do you need? I'll go around the store and pick up the other things to speed up this process. Because again, it was Saturday, it was early. I wanted to sleep in. She woke me up. I'm going back to sleep when we get back to the crib. So I'm trying to speed, you know, so speed up that process. Um, so I'm going around. Then I was on my phone, on the phone with my friend, Hakeem in Chicago. And we were just talking, you know, whatever, passing time. Um, and then I was at the end of an aisle. It was this lady. Her cart was in front of the Kool-Aid. And my black ass wanted to get some Kool-Aid, right? <laughs> um, so I'm waiting. And I kind of stood a little distance away from her her cart because she was in the front of the cart. She had her uh, purse sitting on the little cart, you know, the little mm-hmm. thing. Y'all know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, so, and I, the Kool-Aid was, like, literally right there. I didn't want to have to bend over and... 
be messing with anywhere near her purse. So I stood back and kind of waited for her to hopefully just move her ass down the aisle. Um, she didn't move. So then I was like, fuck it. And just went over and grabbed the Kool-Aid. And as I was grabbing the Kool-Aid, she turned around and was like, you stole something out of my purse. And I was like, what? And she was like, you took my checkbook. <laughs> and I was like, are you, I was like, what are you, I was like, you, like, you got to be playing with me right now. Yeah. She was like, no, you took my checkbook. I know you did. So I was, so I was like, I'm about to go get my mom and I'm going to go get, you know, like, yeah. so I, I go find my mom. The lady went to find the manager. I'm telling my mom what happened. The manager uh, came up to us and was like, um, did you take her checkbook? Give, you know, give her the checkbook or whatever. And my mom was like, he didn't take anything out of your purse. Why do you think that he took something out of your purse? She was like, well, he fits the description of a typical thief. She looked me dead in my face and said that. <laughs> so, wow. and I, so what I was wearing, I was wearing some sweatpants um, and uh, a, a hoodie. Which I guess could be, uh, she could have been talking about that. But that is like basic high school student mm-hmm. and college, especially mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. attire. So I, and I think I was a senior in high school. So it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we go on that's any college that's like, campus. That's like the uniform. I swear to God, <laughs> right. in any college campus, you'll see sweatpants and a hoodie. So I'm like, the only other factor would be my black skin. So my mom intellectually spazzed out. She didn't, like, go crazy on her, but she, and it was an older lady, so she was like, I respect you as an elder, but you're not finna disrespect me or my son like this. Mm-hmm. So we went through the, you know, we went through the whole thing. Um, my mom was like, fuck it, I'm not paying for anything at this place. We left. Um, and then, I, for whatever reason, we ended up coming back a little while later, maybe a week or so later, and um, the manager found us, like, was like, yo, we did go ahead and search the the cameras. And your son didn't take anything. She had her checkbook in her, in her purse the entire time. Dumbass bitch. Because she paid for her food with that. Mm-hmm. So I was happy about that. That's the only reason I go back to that club. Because other than that, I wasn't finna go back to that club. Mm-hmm. Right. But then, And the fact that she still had it in her purse the entire nigga, time. You didn't even check to see if your that, fucking checkbook was missing. Exactly. You just turned around and said, <laughs> I, you took my checkbook. How the fuck do you know that your checkbook mm-hmm. is missing to even blame me? Like fuck out of here. So it was that was my experience with that, um, and it fucked me up for a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. Like it, I was really I was hurt off that because mm-hmm. I ain't never had nobody look me in my face and tell me I fit the description of a typical yeah, thief. I've never like, had that. Like yeah. that's that's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, like for me, um, I feel like in school, similar to you, I had it with uh, Mr. Lee in sixth grade. Yes. I mean, that was one year where it was like he just tried to make my life a living hell from. Suspensions to in school suspensions to detentions from flat out telling me to my face in front of the cra- in front of the the classroom that I'll be lucky to graduate high school or even go to college because I was a class clown like right. embarrassed the fuck out of me yeah. in front of the class and like that shit hurt me but like to this day that's what I use as my motivation to prove people wrong and it was like I was I think there was two or three black kids in that class. He gave all of us hell with me being like his number one choice. Yeah. I mean, every way he was at, I remember I got suspended. Um, we got into an argument. I called him a stupid bitch and I got suspended and I was suspended for like a day or two. As soon as I came back to school, I didn't say a word. I was pissed. So I'm like, you know, I'm not even going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I sat down and I had a look on my face and he just kept antagonizing me like, oh, so 
you're still angry, huh? Oh, you're mad, huh? Like just right, just That's right away. Dick, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And I'm like, I'm saying to myself, you're my teacher, so I'm like, why are you antagonizing a sixth grader, you know, right. twelve year old or whatever you are at that age, um, and and that grade. Yeah. So I spaz out on him because yeah, like now yeah, you you doing you're fucking shit. with me right. purposely. So I spaz out on him, and he was slammed to death. So that's it, and uh, calls up the high school dean or whatever. And now I'm in that school, and they were like, just to this, you know, die over. You're gonna do in school for the rest of the week. Yeah. So in school was suspension for the listeners. Right. Yeah. 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 In school suspension. So you know, I just felt like he tried to make my life a living hell. And I remember he failed me in sixth grade. Like yeah. he he failed me. Cause I was getting straight D's, yeah. um, because yeah, I'm always in that school and I'm always suspended. Right. And uh, and I remember he ended up passing me though. So he passed me on to the seventh grade. And I remember uh, asking him. I said, "Why did you pass me if we both know that I pretty much failed sixth grade because I was yeah. shit. I was never here enough." Right. And I remember he looked me in the eye and he said. I knew that had I failed you, I would have to have you in my class again next year. He said, and the last thing I wanted was to have you for another year. So I'd rather pass you on. That way I didn't have to deal with you. That nigga crazy. Wow. And I said, all right. And it hurt, but at the same time, I was happy because I knew had I had to stay there for another year with him, it would have been bad. It would have been the same thing. Yeah, it would have been the same thing. So it was like, I just took it as motivation. And I was like, all right, now anytime someone doubts me, I'm just going to, you know, think back to him and, yeah. and use that to motivate me. And I mean, also, I've experienced it with, like, women. I mean, my high school lives this girl I liked, mm-hmm. and we were talking and stuff, and um, I remember, like, I wanted to take her out on a date. And, um, like, the next day, I believe, she told me that we couldn't go out on a date. I said, why? She's like, I was talking with my dad. He asked what your name was. I told him your name, and he said, Maurice. That must be a black guy. That sounds like a black name. And she said, yeah, yeah, Maurice is a black dude. And he was like, you can't date him. You know that. You can't date him. So you got to end it with him. That was the first time in my life I've ever, like, was feeling a a woman. And she was like, oh, I can't date you because you're black. (laughs) You know? So I'm going to be honest. It was at that moment for me. I think I was probably, like, 15, 16. It was at that moment when I decided... I would never have a serious, intimate relationship with a woman outside of my race mm-hmm. just because that one moment scarred me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. It happens, man. But going back to Mr. Lee, I had Mr. Lee in fifth grade and then at my high school, I mean, my elementary school in Chicago, and then he moved, um, transferred to your yeah. school, yeah, to my on, school on the west side. And Mr. Lee... It was rumors that he was a racist back then. Yeah. My friends, Darion, um, Anthony, rest in peace. Um, everybody had problems with him. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he was a dick. Yeah. It was crazy because he was also the assistant basketball coach. And the only time that he would pass me was during basketball season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wow. needed me. But after basketball season, yeah. I went from getting A's and B's to C's and D's. Yeah. He just, he, yeah. That's yeah, whatever. Fuck him. I hope he burning in hell right now. I hope now. he hit his shit. Yeah. Fuck you, Mr. Lee. I hope he burning in hell. <laughs> no real shit. Um, how would you feel if you uh, knew you got a position over somebody else that was more qualified, but you got it because you were black? Basically, affirmative action. How would you feel? It depends on the position. Because if it's a, if it's a job... That's let's let's say um, we'll give the example of uh, Kenzie. You know she um, 
interviewed with you know multiple places where um, she's looking to work in a college mm -hmm. and for the African-American affairs or what have you in that case yeah you should be black to <laughs> really right, yeah. get the real sense of the job and be able to relate to your students and things like that yeah. but if it was just oh I got the job at where I work currently and knowing that I got it over you know, a white person who's more qualified I mean I guess it'd be hard because how do you how would you really even know right. first of all yeah. but also I feel like it is helpful to have more black people or you know diversity in your business yeah. because just because a white person has more experience does that mean that I'm they not mean, right well equipped for the job either because yeah, exactly. a lot of times you know we don't we may not have that experience like yeah. I'm a young black woman I don't have years of experience of this particular position right. under my belt yeah. and so I, I feel like it's situational it, I, I can see I can see that what do you what do you feel no I agree yeah I, I feel like it's also situational as well I think um <clears throat> I think it would probably to know that I got a job over somebody that they felt was more qualified it would kind of it would do one of two things to me or probably both it'll piss me off because I would feel like Y'all, y'all settled, mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to be anybody's, you know, right. settled situation. Right. <clears throat> but it would also fuel me to work harder, and to show them that, you know, what you made a, you probably thought on paper that this person was better than me because they have a better resume or whatever. But I am the best person for this job, and can't nobody, you know what I mean? Right. So it, it it'll it'll work as fuel. Um, but I, I I honestly would not want to be let into a position because I'm black or because they you know what I mean like mm -hmm. over somebody else if the other if the person is more qualified then give them the position. give them the position yeah. for me for me personally just because yeah yeah no, I agree um what else do you think uh, social media affects the black community differently than other racial groups. Differently, because social media has the tendency to make everybody want like a certain lifestyle that they're that is not necessarily attainable. So I don't think it affects the black community differently than mm. other communities. I don't know because we have Black Twitter. So yeah, <laughs> well, okay, that that is a good point. So, black Twitter is a big influencer, right. in, like a lot. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they get shit done, but. Um, <laughs> No, because the, the, thing, the thing that kind of made me think about this is because uh, have you ever scrolled like on your white friend's Facebook profile and seeing like their, what their friends are posting and the type of things that just show up on their profile is very different from the things yeah. that show up on ours. On ours, yeah. And, true. That, and that could be uh, attributed to the analytics and the things that you've liked over the course of your time on Facebook or whatever. But... It's just the the vibe is different. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot more negativity, and I feel like that's what keeps us in the same cycle of negativity. People posting their entire lives and the struggles and everything they're going through, and you reading it, you taking that in, and then you some people start doing the same thing. But and you I, think that's exclusive to the black community, though? No, I don't think so. I just think that um, it does affect us differently. I don't see a lot of white people doing that. Or other cultures, yeah. yeah. 
What do I you see. Mean? I see a lot of negativity, even mm. on you know with white friends yeah. and social media like Facebook, like people who just there's people that just air out their dirty laundry, regardless, yeah, and it, it's not. I don't think it's a a white or black thing. It's just a you're messy thing. Yeah, <laughs> if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I feel. I see what you're saying. Um, but do you think that affects us differently? Like, ah, I mean, I to be honest, I don't really care enough to, yeah. to you know, to allow it to affect me. I, I would say the, the only way that it affects us differently is, again, like with the seeing things that are not attainable. So, like, how if you follow, let's say you follow the Migos, on Instagram, you follow Cardi B and you, um, you're just seeing them flaunt their like chains and their their foreign whips and all that stuff. Again, mm-hmm. it goes back to us wanting that extravagant lifestyle mm-hmm. and showing that we can afford those things too because we want to be a part of a, this club, right. so to speak. So I would say that's probably yeah. I could see it affecting us differently in that way, but also to your point, like the whole black Twitter or like. You know, yeah. that's huge as far as influencing, like, who's canceled this week? Or, like, yeah. what's in the news this week? Or who's, like, yeah. what memes are out there? Or what, get somebody what? fired for... Uh, yeah, or, or, or yeah, shit. or, oh, yeah. so-and-so at McDonald's didn't give me my fries with my hamburger, <laughs> and now I want them fired because they're <laughs> racist. Like, <Yeah. laughs> like, they have power in yeah. that yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's Twitter super powerful. Right. They have a lot of influence. About cancel culture, really quick. Is Liam Neeson still canceled? He is still canceled right now. He is? Okay. Okay. <laughs> we, ne- we never talked about that on the podcast. I, I had it on one of the episodes, but I- I'm glad we didn't because I didn't want to ruin the vibe. But Nah. I'm sorry. Okay. Nah. I think the problem in his statement specifically was the when, black he said, bastard. when he said yeah. the black bastard. Yeah. Other than that, if, if one of my friends had a tragic situation, a traumatic situation happen to them, I wouldn't want to find the person who did it. I wouldn't go around looking for just a random That's what. That's the problem with it. Because you want to go and find that person. Yes, I totally understand his anger and wanting to go and find that person, whoever did it. But you just want to kill any random black man that that he comes across? Yeah, and my thing was Liam should have Liam should have he should have asked more questions like he yeah. should have gone deeper and you know deeper what into detail like? right what does he look like what was he wearing like damn it why Liam, was it be the a first fucking thing? Yeah. he said like, what right. is his color what color is it <laughs> like, yeah. that's like that's like if I said oh I was raped by you know a Mexican man that's like you being like oh I'm just gonna go roam the streets and, and right. find the first Mexican man that I see and I'm gonna fucking kill him well he didn't right. say the first one I see he said the first one that comes and come, tries to give it a go yeah. whatever he right. said right well, but the thing is you're walking the streets and you're probably gonna instigate right. exactly, right. And that's exactly. Yeah. what you're gonna do a yeah. situation right. so yeah. yeah see I'm gonna be honest Liam is the first cancel culture that actually affected me oh, right. because <laughs> I'm a huge Liam fan yeah I was excited to see Taken Seven. Yeah, right. no, <laughs> so, Taken Seven, pretty much. Right. If Seven come out, I'm gonna shoot that nigga personally. Well, that, this movie was pretty much it. like I was excited. Like Burberry, Montclair, Gucci. I can't. I can't afford that shit. Yeah, I, I but a Liam Neeson that. movie, you know, that was seven dollars at the movie theater. Right. I was excited. So that one hurt. I just want to know if he was still. But to all the black people, when Liam is no longer canceled, let me know because <laughs> I do want to see Taken Seven. Uh, we've talked about a lot of depressing stuff. Well, not depressing, <laughs> but serious. Yeah. Uh, serious conversations. I want to make it a little more... Uh, lighthearted? Fun. Yeah, lighthearted. We could talk about black love. What is black love and what does it mean to you? What are the benefits of being in a loving black, black. relationship? <laughs> 
I, well, I mean, me and Maurice were married for any of the new listeners tuning in. We got new listeners? Up there? I'm <laughs> up I don't know. There may be somebody new who's listening. Hey, you know, the streets have been talking. The streets have been talking. <laughs> but I think uh, black love and black marriage is very important, mm-hmm. especially for, you know, just getting that representation and, and black children need to see their parents together. And I want to see more of that. I'm so, so, so tired of the baby mama culture. I'm over it. I'm over it. I want to see more black marriages than black babies being born this year. That's what I want to see. I I don't want to see my baby daddy or like, oh, you know, I'm a single mom. Like, and there's nothing wrong with being a single mother or things like that. But I want to see more loving relationships. And instead of, you know, getting yourself caught up with making a baby with somebody you don't like is not going to be around at the end of the day don't you want to have your child you know see your parents together see a black couple a positive influence in their life of what black love is and that's not and i'm not coming at anybody if you if you are a you know a single mother or anything like that single father because we out there exactly i'm not coming at you uh but i that's what i want to see more of i want to see more loving black relationships because i feel like it is so important to see on the gang (laughs) (laughs) well you know how to fuck up a good morning no i i agree though um it's huge it is It's, it's huge especially more so i would say for the black women mainly because i know um black women are like the the last racial group yeah, yeah. yes they are, the, they are the least likely to date outside of right. their race right yeah and it's like you know so and they're also the the last picked pick yes. that's what i was so, looking so for like, yeah yeah the, the last pick yeah so majority of people do not pick a black woman yeah. and also asian men no offense to my asian yeah. men out there but yeah asian men and black women are the least likely to be picked right yeah. So, you know, like, that's why I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's huge. And also, it just it shows some sort of positivity for us. Like what you said, I'm tired of the whole baby mama, baby daddy drama. You know, I'm, I'm sick of it. Um, also, it's like for your kids, you know, pretty much the same thing you said. Like, you want your kids to see that. Yeah. Like, growing up for us, you know, we never saw, help, well, Juma did somewhat. But for you and I, you know, we never saw a, a, a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um so like once uh once you and i have kids in a few years like i want them to be like i want to be just like mom and dad when i grow up right so like that's the uh that's the that's the importance of it to me pretty much is just motivating you know our kids yeah like i um i love the idea of black love i love what y'all have i love going back to what i when i I said what i love about black people and being black is just our culture and how we mesh. We understand each other. And it's just like to have that with uh, somebody you're in love with, somebody you want to build a foundation and a family with is intangible. Like you cannot, you, they, yeah, it, it's the best thing in the world. It's uh, like certain things that you don't have to say. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to explain it. Like, yeah, we like get each other. Maurice could come in 
to you know he could walk in singing a song and I could like chime in like hey, yeah, hey yeah. you know like and I we just up. we just get yeah. it like we just yeah. we get each other we don't we don't have to explain those references like right. we just are attuned to right oh like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, he's like, you ain't gonna ask what, what, what the fuck sound you like oh okay she she likes that right <laughs> yeah she agrees <laughs> but yeah, so yeah but I think amazing. it's extremely important and I want to see more um you know black relationships where you know you're, you're courting each other you're treating each other in a positive way and right. i want to see more beautiful black babies out there mm-hmm. but with families whole yeah. families to go with black them families black families that's what i want to see black fam build black families all 20 whatever the fuck year all it is. 20 so every, it don't matter. everything exactly all, all 20 every year <laughs> yeah. um so last question, is being black a privilege? Yes. 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 I agree. And I know a lot of people that are not black are going to say the biggest privilege is we could say nigga and they can't. Yeah. So I know that's, you know, that's the way that most of them would see it as a privilege. But um, I mean, for me, the reason why I say it's a privilege, pretty much what I said early, we're fighters. You know, we're fighters. Um, it gave, being black gives us a, a, a backbone. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't take shit from nobody and people are afraid of an intellectual black person. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember I was I was speaking uh with someone that, that works in my field or that used to work on my field last week and uh we were talking and you know about my occupation and stuff and I told her how a lot of people I work with are making comments that like pretty much um they want to see me move up in rankings and you know like they want to see me move up and and you know just yeah. move up at at the place and and she told me she was like be careful of that because yeah they're probably going to tell you that but behind closed doors they're afraid of you yeah she was like they're afraid to see a 25 year old black man move up in the ranks and become their boss right they're afraid of that and i was like you think so and she was like trust me i know because i've been there right and you know, that's the truth of it. You know, it it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I um, I also think being black is a privilege. Um, but furthermore, uh, further than that, I I believe whatever you are, white, black, Asian, whatever, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Embrace um, your culture. A, Embrace yourself. Exactly. You you have something. You are the culmination of so many things that make you specifically great mm-hmm. in your own right. Um, I, I subscribe to a uh, a victor mentality and not a victim mentality. So I don't I don't take the things that happen to me or the things that can be seen as disadvantages or attacks on me as attacks. I don't see them as failures. I see, okay, I learn I can learn from this. I can utilize this to make me that much better. So being black is a privilege for me. Because this is the skin that I have to wear every day. This is the experiences that I have to go through to get to where I'm going. But I want you out there, whoever's listening, to take that same idea and use yourself. And know that everything that makes you you is a privilege. And it's mm-hmm. going to help you excel in whatever field or whatever you want to do. So, I feel like being black is a privilege. Because there's no other culture that I feel like can compare. And that's not like a racist thought it's or not anything. A diss. It's not we no just it's, say it. it's just again going back to the unspoken. It's like 
the things that we don't need to explain to each other. Facts. There's nothing like being a part of the black culture and what that feels like and how how much fun it is. Yeah, <laughs> like real shit. Real shit, man. It's it's a privilege. It's it's also a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. because the weight of the world is on our shoulders, but we somehow still make it work. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. That's a bar. <laughs> and, you know, pretty much just like what we said earlier, um, for all of you out there that, that are not black, but you have black friends, just speak with them about it. You know, just ask questions. Like, like I said, that's the only way that we can actually get that progression mm-hmm. that all of us want to see at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, just, just talk about it. Like, a lot of my friends know my door is always open. You can always talk to me. And I, yeah. I, love, I love educating people about it. Yeah. If it's I love talking about race. My bad. Um, if, it, if there's something that you don't understand about, you know, a black coworker, if you don't feel comfortable enough asking them, ask a black friend. Like, ask somebody. It's a conversation. I, I love talking about race. I, I'm open about everything. So if you want to talk, talk. Or if you don't even have any black friends, reach out and get to know somebody. Right. You probably have this uh, vision of, of a person you know, a black person you know, and you, you haven't taken the time to talk to them or get to know them. You yeah. just assume that they are one way. But take the time and get to know that person because exactly. they're probably cool as hell. Y'all probably yeah. have way more common than not. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to end this lovely Black History episode with Juma's Jewels. Juma's Jewels. Juma's Jewels. Jewels. <laughs> uh, this is the advice and personal well-being segment where you, our conversationalists, get a chance to share your stories, situations, or hardships and allow me to help you grow through them. Uh, this week, we don't have any write-ins, so I will share with you all some words of affirmation and uh The words of affirmation I'm going to share with you guys to get you through the week uh, is directly towards, first, my black women, my fellow black women. I want you to know that I love you. I appreciate you. You are all beautiful, every single shade of you, no matter if you are the the lightest of light skin to the chocolatiest of chocolate. You are all beautiful. You are strong. And I know that strong is always used to describe a black woman but we are also vulnerable Mm -hmm. we can be vulnerable people and i want us to continue to grow and continue to be the most educated among any minority group of people um, out there and we just need to uplift one another and so to my my fellow black women i love you and i want you all to feel my words and and just know that we are here for one another Mm -hmm. and we love you Uh, Also, affirmations to my black men. Uh, As a black woman, we love you. We we support you in everything you do. And we want you to just keep growing. And we want to uplift you. And for you guys, too, it's okay to be vulnerable as well. Because you are also seen as this strong person that always has to keep everything together and be the man of the household. But I know you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. When you leave this house you have so much more to deal with than any other person in this world. In this country, yeah. And I want to just let you men know that it's okay to be vulnerable, just like we talked about in the last episode. It's okay to share your feelings and come home and be, you know, that sweet, loving man at home to your woman. Mm-hmm. Big facts, big facts. Um, Thank you, Joel, for your jewels. 
Um, <clears throat> this has been another episode of the Zay Something Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, please shout out, subscribe, and comment, rate, all that on iTunes. Uh, we're also Pretty please. On, yeah, right? <laughs> um, we're also on Spotify and honestly anywhere you can listen to pod, uh, podcasts. Um, we are there. You can find me on Instagram at Najuma underscore Krista. That's N-A-J-U-M-A underscore Krista with a K. And they can find you at? I am Zay with three underscores on Instagram um, or the podcast page, the Zay Something Pod on Instagram. Or shoot us an email if you want to be a guest, um, if you have a story to share for Juma um, or just want to talk to us, reach out to the email. And that is ZaySomethingPod at iCloud.com. And yeah, again, this has been another episode of the Say Something Podcast. Thank you for listening. And scene.